I'm Jeff Saperstein, co-author with Hunter Hastings of the book, The Interconnected Individual, Seizing Opportunity in the Era of AI, Platforms, Apps, and Global Exchanges. As an interconnected individual, you'll want to know how cutting-edge thinking can help you design, implement, manage, and enjoy your own individual economy. Today, we're talking with Luke Iorio, president of IPIC, Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, one of the leading global coach training companies. Luke is an expert in values and energy-based life and work transition and is both a leading thinker and practitioner of coaching so people can discover their own happiness. We'll be talking about values and energy today. Luke and I have a special relationship. I was trained and certified by IPIC as a career coach, and Luke was my own coach for a year. So we know each other in a very special way. Hello, Luke. Jeff, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Terrific. Luke, why don't we jump right in? Um, we've been talking about a values-based career. What is your um, perspective on what a values-based career is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I think, Jeff, you know, this is something that uh, – You've covered pretty well, and I think you introduced beautifully in the book, Interconnected Individual. Uh, it is something that seems to be coming much more to the forefront now, so uh, more than ever. And so this idea of a values-based career uh, really is orienting the fact that a lot of individuals are looking for a, a greater deal of both meaning and purpose within their careers. They're looking for careers and positions that have a great, uh, greater deal of alignment with who they really truly are and the type of experience they wish to have in this life and within their careers. And values-based really helps people recognize that when they look for what matters most to them, uh, which is everything from the, the, you know, the elements of, of their life uh, that are very, very important to them, but it's also the, the beliefs and the principles by which they live their life. And they happen to encompass those and label those beliefs and those principles and what matters most they label those as values. And so when we ar arrange our life and we arrange our career with what matters most and all that goes with it, our values, uh, at the very, very center of how it is that we make decisions for where it is that we're going to go in our career, how it is that we are going to lead within those positions, uh, how it is that we're going to make decisions uh, in, in just any facet of life. Uh, when we do all of those types of things and we keep our values right at the center of them, then more often than not, we're going to experience a life that feels like it's congruent to who we are, feels like it's honoring really the things that are most important and matter most to us, uh, and it's going to feel most authentic to us as well. That's terrific. You know, um, you, uh, you know probably better than anyone, Luke, that a lot of people may imagine or try to imagine what a life would be that's values-based, but there's a lot of fear um, and a lot of hindrances that may hold them back. Yeah. So maybe we can talk a little bit about why a values-based career transition, it, transition is a positive step towards happiness. So mm -hmm. happiness is kind of a goal and a lot of people talk about happiness mm -hmm. Um, and you also know that people have hindrances that um, block them from achieving their happiness. Maybe you could talk a little bit about those two ideas, the, the fear of reimagining one's life and then the idea of happiness. Sure. Uh, well, there's, there's a lot there. So I'll, I'll begin with maybe just a handful of points. Uh, sure. you know, on, on that idea of, of 
some of the fear that can come up, some of the, you know, some of the anxiety or the frustration and concerns that can come up when you're making any type of transition, let alone one that's values-based. Uh, you're, you're really talking about moving from a world, a, a scenario, a situation that you are much more familiar with. You're talking about uh, the, a lot of the things that you have been taught, whether that be through the education system or early career to whatever point that you're in, you're really starting to look in a different direction than what a lot of, of you know, what you've been primarily taught to this point. So let me give you a very clear, you know, much clearer example. Uh, one of the things that, that really is ingrained in us uh, is that we want to seek the, you know, the good job, meaning the one that maybe is stable, the one that has a good income, it has a good reputation. We want to achieve that good income. We want to get that next job title, the next promotion. These are the types of things that we hear about through education. We hear this early in our career, and it's a lot of how we are oriented towards the pursuit of our profession. We then believe that when we begin to achieve these things, that's when we can then do other things within our life, meaning that's when we can pursue maybe things that are more meaningful. That's when we're going to feel happy because we have accomplished all these types of things. The challenge is, is that very often we go on this pursuit of career, we go on this pursuit of achievement, expecting to get that type of payoff of whether it be happiness or freedom or otherwise. We get there and it doesn't last. It lasts for a day, a week, if we're really lucky, maybe a year, but we've spent 10, 15, 20 years trying to get there for very little payoff overall. Now, we've been taught that that's the way that we do things. So when we break from that model, when we break from that type of direction, it means that we're going to introduce uncertainty into the path that we're taking. Anytime you introduce uncertainty, that's going to bring things like confusion and ambiguity with it along, you know, uh, along with it. Uh, that's going to bring up things like fear because you're going to be outside your comfort zone. You're going to be outside the things that you know, and you may not have great models, role models to be able to follow in the footsteps, footsteps of or be able to depend on for additional perspective. So that's part of the natural block hesitancy that might be there. Now, what we're really after, the real type of happiness we're after is not something that's fleeting. It's not something that's temporary. It's not something that's transactional either of I do this or I achieve this and then I get my happiness. Instead, what we're really looking to do is to evoke that feeling of happiness, a much more permanent state of joy is a way of, of describing it. And that really affects the, the state of mind, the state of being, the state of heart that we show up in uh, throughout all different aspects of our life. The way that you do that as just a, a kind of a beginning point is that you've got to get really clear on what are the types of things that allow you to connect to that type of permanent happiness, evoke that type of a more permanent state inside of you on a regular basis. And one of the core ways of doing that is building a life that is values-based. Why? Because that's what matters most to you. It is what's authentic. When you align values-based decisions and, and values-based career with values-based actions, it means that even your actions, behaviors, and habits become much more congruent to that life that really truly means something to you. Uh, and it creates a, a, a virtuous type of cycle that really continues to build. And it has you playing to the best part of yourself, the best way in which you want to be able to show up, uh, continuously honoring the things that matter most to you, which is encompassed in your values. Beautiful. Um, uh, Luke, let's, let's dig a little deeper into IPIC's approach uh, to this, since I think you've stated uh, very clearly uh, the reimagining of one's life, which is a lifelong pursuit uh, for happiness and, and actually being a bit more fearless in, in one's approach. 
Um, one of the things that um, really distinguishes IPIC is the focus on energy awareness and how energy leadership uh, and energy communication and energy awareness is really one of IPIC's uh, key differentiators. So maybe you can talk a little bit about the energy leadership assessment or index that uh, we were trained to use and interpret with our clients and how that relates to a discussion of about a values-based career transition. Um, since a lot of people have a vague idea of what energy awareness might be and consciousness is, and you've done a lot of thinking and uh, practicing on this. Yeah, let me, let me break down a few of those, those concepts. Uh, let's begin first with awareness before we go to energy and then put this all together. Uh, mm -hmm. Awareness really is simply the, the, the act of noticing. And when we go through that act of noticing, bringing something into our full awareness, into our attention, what it also means is that it's to do so in the manner that we truly can just notice what's there without labeling it, without judging it, without telling a story about it, without making it mean something that it's not, but to truly just be able to be aware of what it is in its, its truest, most objective sense. The reason why we do that from an awareness standpoint, and we make it about being objective and non-judgmental, is that the more that we begin to label, the more that we begin to judge, the more that we begin to limit whatever it is that happens to be in front of us at that moment. Uh, the more that it becomes subjective, the more that it can only be seen that way from one particular point of view. And it makes it very difficult for us to open up our options, open up more possibilities, or even relate to what other people are seeing when we really constrict our view of things, constrict that awareness to a much more finite degree. And so awareness is part of it. The noticing, the act of noticing and being very objective, non-judgmental in that process. Now, energy in, in just kind of that, that you know, truest sense it's the power, it's the fuel that helps us get things done. And that power, that fuel, what we are most interested in from our take and the way that we approach things is not just the quantity of the energy that is there, but the quality of the energy that is there. Because you've got energy that's going to completely burn you up, that you're going to use up in the process, uh, the process of getting done whatever it is that you have to be working on. There's also the energy that's going to be sustainable, that's going to be renewable, that's going to rejuvenate you and build you over time. And so what we are very, uh, very much focused on is that latter part of energy because it's something that occurs within us. Everybody who's listening you know, knows those times that you've worked on a particular project, but you were so in the zone of it, so in the flow of what was going on that you had almost more energy, maybe even more energy at the end of an hour, two hours, three hours of work than you did at the very beginning. That's because you are tapping into an energy that is very high quality, that is sustainable, it is renewable. It's what we refer to as anabolic, uh, building constructive type of energy. And it literally builds you, constructs you over the course of that process. Now, unfortunately, many people are also familiar with another type of energy, which is we refer to as catabolic, which is very, very draining type of energy. This is where maybe you are working for an hour or two hours or three hours, but at the end of it, you feel like you're completely tapped out. You're completely exhausted. And so energy awareness is beginning to recognize, become aware of where does this energy, where do these patterns come from so that you can be much more tuned into how, when you feel like you are building and rejuvenating, meaning that you're expanding who you are, that you're bringing new possibilities to what gets created. You're building that type of energy. 
or that type of energy that is constricting you, that is draining you, that's depleting you, that typically is most associated with that which drives and, and derives from stress. And so energy awareness really is about getting to the recognition of what's at the core of that, which is the way that we perceive the world, the core thoughts that we have, the beliefs that we have, that ultimately have us view the world in a particular way, and therefore will lead us in one of these directions or the other, meaning it, it's the type of belief system and thought system and perceptions that will continue to build us up, bring in more energy, make us more creative, bring more possibility, see more opportunities, things like that. Or it's that type of belief system and perceptions that are going to see things as much more of a threat, much more stressful, much more detrimental to us getting things done or feeling good about what we're doing, in which case we're going to uh, feel very depleted uh, in that type of uh, environment. So what does this all now have to do with our values? Uh, when we become clear from the standpoint of energy awareness and we become much more objective about what's going on, that gives us the ability to not get so caught up in the day-to-day -day work drama that may occur. Uh, we don't get as caught up in that stress of what may be coming up. We are able to perceive pressure, pressures that come from work just for what they are. We don't feel the extra strain or drain of those particular pressures. Basically what this means is it makes us more clear-headed. It allows us to, be, to remain calmer and more confident in how we are perceiving things, which means we can be much more intentional and deliberate about what are we going to do about those particular situations and how is it that we are going to direct and guide ourselves. So when we are clear, when we are calmer and we are less reactive, that gives us the chance to focus on, going back to the part, you know, original part of this conversation, what matters most to us, meaning it allows us to be much more mindful of what are our values, how do we want them to play out here, how do we want to honor them, what do those decisions look like, what do those actions look like, but we usually don't do that if we are too caught up in the stress cycle, pressure cycle, uh, the, the work-a-day, busy, busy type of culture that we have. And so we do need that, that point where we're able to step back, recognize things for what they are, and begin to be much more conscious as to the way we want to navigate ourselves so that we can bring things like our values and the way we want them to show up into the way that we're navigating our career and navigating particular situations even within our job itself. That's great, Luke. Um, you know, you, you've trained us to use the ELI, the Energy Leadership Index tool. Mm -hmm. And um, those of us who are were certified as master practitioners have gleaned a great deal of value from that working with our clients. From your perspective, um, how does the ELI really help us to focus working with our clients in a way that say a Myers-Briggs or some of the other assessment tools that people may be more familiar with uh, sure. may not be able to do. Sure. So differentiating from other assessments, the energy leadership assessment is, a, uh, is specifically an attitudinal assessment, meaning that it is not meant to be fixed. It's not meant to be exactly what this is, you know, uh, many, many years from now. When personality assessments are taken, usually what comes back is that the personality type that is there is said to be largely consistent through the rest of your life so that you learn then to operate within those particular structures, uh, ways of thinking, and, and, and that, those types of patterns uh, as an example. But the attitudinal assessment is meant to be much more from a standpoint of understanding where you are at a point of time and understanding how you may want to intervene to create more of what you want and less of what you don't. So in the case of the energy leadership assessment, what it's doing 
is that the, the, the different awareness I was talking about before with energy awareness, there's actually seven different patterns that are there, seven different levels effectively that are contained within our thinking, our belief system, our perceptual system at any given time. We're blind to what that mix of those seven levels are until something reveals it to us. So in this instance, what the assessment is about is helping people to find out it's a kind of a blueprint for what is in our perceptions. What's, you know, what, what is it that has us see the world in a particular way? What is it that has us see our situations, our work, our job, our career, stress? What has us seeing, a, seeing it the way that we happen to see it? And when we illuminate that, when we get this blueprint of this is the way in which we perceive the world and the way in which it is unique to us, we're able to start to recognize within there, what are the things that are really truly fueling our success? What are the things that are fueling us to be at as well as feel like we are at our best? And what are the things that trigger stress? What are the things that drop us into much more of that stress response cycle where our, our thinking gets much more limited? We feel the effects of stress, the impact of stress much, stress much more, uh, and we really don't do our best work and we don't do our best thinking. And so the ELI, Energy Leadership Index, is a way of revealing all of those patterns to us so that the client and the coach, uh, but particularly the client, really has a roadmap for this is where I am, this is where I would like to go, and here's the aspects of, of beliefs and thoughts and values and principles and perceptions that I really want to be able to work on because those will ultimately produce the type of results that you want to experience within your life. That's great, Luke. And for anyone who is interested in doing a deeper dive into the Energy Leadership Index or assessment, uh, you can Google it uh, and there's a very good website that goes into greater detail and uh, I encourage you to do that. Luke, uh, in concluding this talk, I, I know that you have used your own life and the life of others as examples of these transitions. Um, can you talk about where your previous attitudes were uh, and the way you approached work and how now you approach your work vision for now and into the future and what your own transition was um, as an mm -hmm. example to others? Yeah, I think I think one of the one of the ways of describing this, and it's a couple of different phases, but I went from a place where I was very unaware of what my values were and, and how I wanted to really live and lead my life to a place that was more aware, but not necessarily aligned. And then I ultimately became aware and aligned. So let me move through these phases. When I came out of originally out of university and went into, you know, went into work, Really what it was about for me in those early days was looking for a sense of accomplishment. Uh, I knew that, you know, I wanted to have the good job, the good income. Uh, I wanted to be, you know, I have a good reputation for what it is that I, I do. All those types of things that are pretty well ingrained within us. And as I, you know, started down that path, there were things that just didn't feel like they were a fit for me. In some instances, I was in one instance, I was working in a, uh, an organization where the culture of the organization just was absolutely not a fit for me. Uh, the, the career path that was there just, I didn't, it wasn't that the, there was anything wrong about the company per se in this one regard, but I just didn't have much of a feeling for what the company did. I didn't have see much purpose in it. Uh, it was just not aligned for, for who I was and where I was. Now I didn't know that's what was going on at the time. I just felt like I was stressed and I didn't enjoy my work very much. And so ultimately there was a, a chain of events that led me to start to question the path that I was on. And as I started to do that was roughly about the time that I found coaching. 
and so I went through uh, both. I've received coaching. I got trained in coaching. This is going back almost 15 years ago now at this point. And I started to make some very intentional career shifts based on identifying the values that I really believed I had at that time. Now, values were things around achievement. They were also values for things like uh, achieving a certain sense of freedom uh, within my life. And so all of this really started to resonate around a particular type of entrepreneurial career. Now, as I started to actually achieve some of the things that I was looking for, I started to experience what I described before, which was this happy when syndrome. I started to achieve some of the, the freedom, some of the income, things like that. And I wasn't getting the payoff of happiness that I was looking for. I wasn't getting that true sense of freedom that I thought I would have. I didn't feel more peaceful in my life. And yet again, I felt a bit unfulfilled and I felt like there was a misalignment with what was there. Except now I had more tools to begin to investigate it. And I, I could go about understanding this in a very, very different way. So that's when I started to get much deeper into coaching work, into training, into the types of things that I was pursuing. And what I was able to ultimately recognize was that a lot of the values that I was expressing weren't really my values. They were values that I had learned, picked up from parents and friends and family and education and culture and society and things like that. And so when you start to peel those things back, you start to recognize these are the beliefs and the values that I've picked up along the way that are really truly not authentic to me. And once I started to peel back and look further, I started to recognize that things like uh, connection, being in connection to myself as well as connection with others, uh, a really strong sense of contribution in a meaningful way that benefited others as well as myself. And, and then this word freedom came back to me as well. Except this time, as opposed to a freedom that was circumstantial, meaning that idea of you know, doing what you want, when you want, with whom you want, it really was not about that anymore. And that freedom instead was something much more equated to freedom within. And that idea of being able to be completely free and, and express myself for who I am, free from any you know, self-limitation that I may create for myself, uh, and, and really just encompassing a lot more, um, a lot more freedom in how it is that I would approach anything that I happen to take on. And that really had to do with a, a sense of expression. And so now all of a sudden these values would pop up that were much more authentic. They were defined in detail and specific to the way I wanted them to play out and look within my life. Uh, and so I started to make decisions based off of that and steer my career based on that. Uh, and it, it, that started to bring me a much greater sense of the type of, of fulfillment that I really truly was, uh, was looking for. So at this point, as I, I begin to look forward within, you know, kind of my career and, and my life, as it were, I think the few things that then stand out to me as to where I am today, uh, one, I would say that, that that feeling of alignment or congruency is something that I am always checking within myself so that anytime something does not feel like it is a fit, if it doesn't feel like it's congruent to who I am, I investigate it. And to, to determine, is that something that truly maybe has shifted or, or has evolved in some type of capacity? Or is it because something else has, has kind of gotten out of my way and I've, I've lost a little bit of the path that I happen to be on and I need to recommit or reclarify uh, what that's going to look like to, to me today? So alignment and congruency are very important. I just mentioned evolving because we do not stay the same. Uh, as we get more and more experience, we start to get more nuances as to what is really truly meaningful to us and how is it that we want that to play out within our lives. So we do need to maintain a degree of flexibility in how it is that we continue to grow. Uh, because even our values will grow and shift and evolve over time. And I think the last one, and this kind of ties to the whole perspective, um, 
is, and I'll, I'll use the, the, the framing of this that I learned from a colleague of mine, Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar at the Happiness Studies Academy, and he uses the term whole being. It's that recognition that we are not defined by just one particular part of who we are. We've got to look at the whole of who we are as human beings. Uh, his particular model, he refers to it as SPIRE, is a nice little acronym, meaning that we've got to look at the spiritual physical, intellectual, relational, and emotional sides of who we are. So for me, in terms of navigating my way forward, that's another thing that I very much uh, am now, uh, you know, practice and, and, and pay attention to and bring into my own awareness is to recognize that my, even my career pursuits are not purely from an intellectual standpoint. Spiritual means the meaning side, the values side of what it is that I'm looking at. Uh, physical, what's the type of vitality that I want to have? Intellectual, we're more familiar with, meaning how do we get stimulated and how do we stay in that level of engagement? But now more so than ever, the relational and the emotional aspects of, to me, what is really, truly important and enriches my life and my work is, is something that I keep much more front and center than I ever have before. And so I, I've got a lot of different frameworks that, that I play off of, uh, but it's a much more conscious pursuit at this point. And again, for me, it began with getting and expanding my awareness. Uh, that awareness really expanded as well through the, the, the use and the work that we do with energy leadership. Ultimately, what that gave me was a sense of alignment so that I could recognize not only what I was aware of, but I could bring that into greater alignment with my sense of self and the direction that I wanted my life to live in uh, and lead in. And then ultimately, it was incorporating other different practices that allowed me to continue to keep my whole being at the very front and center of my mind. Well, Luke, you've given us a great deal of whole being yourself and uh, having known you as I have as my coach and as my mentor, that you certainly walk the talk and you exemplify everything that you've been talking about. And from my own perspective, um, being trained as a coach and now practicing as a coach and being coached has been one of the greatest transformative uh, experiences in my life. So um, I thank you uh, for all that you've given me. Thanks for being here, Jeff. And this, this was an absolute pleasure to, to do this with you. Thanks again. You take care. Bye-bye.